0: good morning everybody and welcome to Small Biz Matters. My name is Alexi Boyd. You're here in the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. So let's dive into the world of member associations. Bookkeepers and accountants are critical to your small business success, assisting with compliance, getting set up, keeping all your financial ducks lined up, and support as you grow and evolve your business. You ask them for advice, not only about your numbers, but staffing, human resources, cybersecurity, data, super, payroll, the list goes on. But who supports the supporters? The Institute of Certified Bookkeepers do, and they are a formidable organization if you're on the receiving end of their advocacy for their members and small businesses. They work with almost every regulator and administrator in government, which deals with small business, which is all of them, ATO, Fair Work, ASIC, ACCC, and they're in constant communication with ministers and senators, plus heavily involved with the good work of strong advocates like COSBOA. Rob Marshall is one of their passionate directors, taking decades of experience as a small business owner with numerous accolades including Western Australia Microbusiness of the Year, a professional bookkeeper since 1996, and an inaugural member and fellow of ICB. This is who supports the supporters, the army of bookkeepers looking after their small business clients. Welcome to Small Biz Matters, a show where we are dedicated to empowering small businesses and advisors to engage with policy and advocacy. Why? Because what government does very much matters to all small biz, good and bad. Sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office, each week we sit down with experts, advocates, business leaders, policymakers, and politicians to dive into specific areas of government policy that affects your clients and your business. We'll give you the heads up on what's coming down the policy pipeline, find out who's fighting in your corner and empower you with ways you can influence those decisions which affect your business every single day. We proudly broadcast live on our local community radio station, Triple H 100.1 FM, the Community Broadcasting Network, and later, wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Let's hear from this week's expert on Small Biz Matters. People. Policy. Purpose. Well, good morning, everybody, and thanks for joining me, Alexi Boyd, at Small Biz Matters for today's really interesting and informative episode. I'm really thrilled to be joined by Rob Marshall, who's the General Manager of Community Engagement and Education for the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. Rob, does that fit on a business card?
1: It's a bit of a struggle, Alexi. <laughs> I, uh, I must admit, we've had to go to double sided, but uh, we're there. Yeah.
0: Well, it's great to have you, and I'm, I'm really keen to delve into the world of associations and the ways that they support not only their community and their members, but in fact, because bookkeepers are intimately involved in the lives of small business people, Mm -hmm. how they help the small business community. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, I wanted to start by asking you, why are you so passionate about the industry and what got you involved in a career in advocacy?
1: Oh, we don't have a podcast long enough. But uh, first of all, thank you, and it's a it's a real honour to be on Small Biz Matters. I've been a fan for a long time, so uh, uh, really enjoying the opportunity to be here. Um, like I say, long long answer, but the short answer is: uh, grew up in a regional area of Western Australia with a family who um, lived, um, ate, and breathed um, small business, and. I saw the pains that my dad my mum went through in establishing many businesses, making money, losing money. Um, and so I guess the culture of small businesses is built into my DNA and the opportunity came up a few years ago to take that to another level and to be able to get inside um, an organisation that clearly has impact in government and be able to advocate for my mum and dad, who aren't even around anymore, but the, the the millions of other mums and dads that are out there in particular, and and have a real passion for what they do and how they do it, and yet quite often feel as though they don't have a voice.
0: Mm. And the Institute of Association, sorry, the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, that's been around. How long has that been around? And um, how does the organisation tick? So, what's what's the the structure just broadly, and and how do associations work?
1: So. 2006. I'll be corrected on this one, but 2006. I'm pretty certain is our uh, kickoff. Um, an organisation that is is quite unique in many ways provides a, a voice to bookkeepers specifically um, in in so many different arenas and different avenues of uh, that voice being able to be heard. Um, but kicked off primor- primarily uh, to give representation to bookkeepers who. Probably, if you look across, you know, the previous 500 years since bookkeeping came about, have tended to be the person that's just been told to sit in the corner and just do the job and not say much. Um, So 2006. Um, you know, the founders, including Matthew Addison, who's still our executive director to this day, uh, saw an amazing opportunity to create an association that gave voice to somebody who could give a voice to somebody else, Mm. the, the, the. The slogan for the ICB, the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, is bookkeepers helping bookkeepers, helping business. And that's very much the core, the vision, the strategy of the organisation from day one and still is in 2023 and beyond.
0: And how does that work? Do you talk to local governments? Do you talk to um, ministers? Do you talk to just MPs? How do you get that voice that you, you hold so strongly into government and have that influence?
1: Yeah, it's tough because it's not as though we're, you know, a tall building in the middle of Sydney or Melbourne with, you know, hundreds or thousands of employees to be able to, you know, say, look at us, look at us. So there's, there's a number of us um as individuals, and and very much I've mentioned Matthew's name a couple of times already. I've had to work really hard to make connections, make networks. Uh, in my case, uh, growing up in a regional area of Western Australia, I've got to know my local members over the journey, and uh, then not, I'm not shy and going having a, a you know a, a schnitzel and a, a beer or whatever it might be to to have a chat with them. So that that's prior to my journey with the ICB. Now I'm inside a professional organisation or an association that. Has created cred, mm-hmm. has created um, you know some uh, some space that has allowed us to be able to get to the right people, and in particular uh, organisations such as the ATO, Fair Work, um, th- those sort of uh, regulators that play an impact on our demographic, the small businesses of Australia.
0: Now you talked about cred. And that is just absolutely critical. And I'm sure there's some politicians listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, how do I tell the difference between um, a bunch of kind of very passionate but largely ineffectual people speaking for their industry versus what can look like an established body with proper governance, how do they distinguish between the two and who? Do, how do they decide who to listen to?
1: Yeah, it's really that's a really, really good question. It's a really interesting one because you're right, that's exactly probably the, the populist view amongst politicians is, well, I don't know who these guys are, so I'm not sure really if they have got cred. Um, thankfully there are some out there who spend the time to come and actually hear what we have to say, and what we know. So it's more about what we know. So if you've referenced, there may be some politicians listening there, um, come and understand what we know. Mm. We know way more than what you think we know. Uh, We are the people who sit with the mum and dad on a daily basis. We sit alongside them, we hear their tears, we feel their emotions, we rejoice in their passion, and yet we struggle with their uh, lack of voice, yes. or their perception of a lack of voice. So we take that and we multiply that, and we we are loud. <laughs>
0: And so, le- learning what an organisation like that does, I guess you've got those technical elements and you speak directly to, as you mentioned, regulators like the ATO and Fair Work and ASIC to give that voice and give that perspective. And that's, I guess, called a technical advisory group. But then you've got also other stakeholder engagement opportunities. And it can be really confusing out there. How would you explain the differences between those groups when you're speaking into government to the typical small business owner to give them assurity that, as as a bookkeeper, as a bass agent, as a business owner, someone is speaking for me. How do those things work in the terms of the mechanics?
1: Yeah, again, you know, we've had to try and unpack that over the years because you're right. Um, advisory groups um, can be effective, but at times it does feel as though sometimes it's just um, somebody who's leading the advisory group ticking a box. Mm. So... I've tried to discern that a lot. That's it's a question I don't know if I can properly answer for you because I continue to battle with that on a daily basis. To to again try and unpack that, um, I guess I guess what we try desperately to do is find the right people and get in the right ear and do it in a way that uh, not only captures their attention but ensures that the message that we're trying to get through is actually enacted. It's mm. not just a some notes on a piece of paper, or some um, you know, some breeze in the air. So
0: that can be um, a two-way street. On the one hand, you've got um, the, the the government departments and officials and bureaucrats yep. who need to speak to the right people. Yep. But you're saying, in a way, you be, need to be discerning about who you speak to. Correct. So you don't put your hand up for everything. Correct. You have to work out where your technical prowess yes. meets the needs of what the question's being asked.
1: Correct. Yes. So a good example would be uh, our recent journey to be a huge advocate in the um, the space of uh, the introduction of single touch payroll phase two here in Australia. Um, I could join a number of different groups to to try and get some. Um, insights or some understanding across to those groups around what mums and dads' businesses understand currently about single-touch payroll or don't understand at all, Um, which we've done. But uh, we take the uh, approach. Now, we want to find out who's the lead of single-touch payroll phase two, with inside the ATO, we, we want to know who that is and that's who I'm speaking to. And the influence on that is quite astounding. That's the difference. Um, I can talk to a lot of people, but I want to know who's actually you know, tuning the buttons or turning the buttons and making the difference.
0: And that's the art of advocacy, isn't it? It's not just about getting in front of as many people as you possibly can and shouting the same sentence over and over again. There's a bit of that, I will say. But it's also finding the right person and understanding where you can have the greatest amount of influence. Maybe that's what politicians mean when they say the ad hoc group who are just quite shouty versus the ones who are, A little bit have a bit more prowess in understanding what advocacy really means.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The 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 person who's actually the I use this loosely, the beneficiary of the legislation, the law, whatever that comes into play, the compliance that has to happen out there is the end user. We know that. And the end user in most cases when it comes to compliance is small business owners. So what are the how are those small business owners actually doing the do? What what are they actually doing? No, the the stats might show that most are still using an Excel spreadsheet. Well, we know that's not the case at all. We know that the majority are using a software package that has some buttons that you've got to click. And it's how they click them that will determine the result that those who need the data will receive it.
0: And and you're so right because I I am um, I'm often intrigued by I guess uh, bureaucrats and politicians that can be a bit stuck in the mud who are saying we need to get small businesses digitized. Yeah. And you're like pretty sure they're already there yeah, and yeah. the ones that aren't aren't succeeding so yeah. they better get their skates on. Yeah. But the reality is having those people who are immersed in the business as the business owner or the the people who are essentially guiding them on a daily basis, is that why bookkeepers are so well-placed to advise on this sort of stuff, to help politicians and bureaucrats move along with their thinking because small businesses has moved moved along?
1: Absolutely. You know, I know plenty of politicians, bless them, who are great people and and talk about that whole, we need to digitise small business. And yet, they're probably the most least digitised people I know and if they <laughs> followed me around and sort of sat on a few fruit crates out the back of uh, Donnybrook in Western Australia, you'll find that there's some, you know, orchardists out there who know digitisation better than most people I know. And but, they're
0: probably using satellite imagery to help them with their uh, their planning for the next three years. They're across it. Yeah. They have
1: to be. They've yeah. got no choice mm. because otherwise they're not competitive in today's market. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that whole, um, you know, we have to do this and we have to, that from the point of, of politics to 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 get small business moving. Well, small business is moving. They're moving every time they wake up at five thirty in the morning and get up and get going. Um, so. Um, again, cycling back to 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 what you asked right at the start, um, the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers is made up of members who are up at five thirty with those people, seeing exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it. Mm. So that is the starting point for getting the data, the big data that um, that that politicians need.
0: And that's a really lovely segue to the next question I was going to ask, which is about that data. Just before we go to a break, what's the critical, criticality of data in the minds of decision makers? Because like I said earlier, you can have people who are very shouty, who don't have the data, or you can have those who have the data and can articulate what's going on in a personal sense for those businesses as well. Is that the balance?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, look, as far as data collection goes, uh, I see some positives out of data collection in in the marketplace that we're talking about, the small business marketplace, and then I see statistics that only confuse at times. So, again, I'm working through that journey and and trying to understand that better myself. What, what what can we provide? What can I provide? It's the certainty of what's happening at 5.30 in the morning in a dairy out the back of Western Australia somewhere or Victoria or New South Wales, wherever it is, because that that to me is the starting point. What's done with the data after that is really important for our economy, but it needs to be accurate, and we provide that certainty, that starting point.
0: Let's take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. You're listening to Rob Marshall, who's the General Manager of Community Engagement and Education for ICB. We're going to be back after this. This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. Aspifio assists, advocates and provides information to Australia's 2.5 million small and family businesses when and where they need it. Aspifio delivers practical and actionable advice and research to governments on how to improve policies and legislation. Since its inception, Aspifio has responded to over 40,000 requests for assistance from Australian small and family businesses, and provides access to dispute resolution services, including assistance with disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticulture and oil codes. Aspifio also connects small and family business with mental health support should the need arise. As an independent advocate for small business owners, Asbifio is committed to ensuring that Australia is the best place to start, grow or transform a business now and well into the future. See how Aspifio can support you at asbfeo.gov.au. Thanks for joining us again, Rob. It's great to have you in the room. and We've been talking a little bit before the break about the importance of uh, associations, where they sit in influencing government, and really what's the best way for those bureaucrats and those politicians to discern who the, the real advocates are versus those who might just be very, very passionate but not be completely organized with their thinking and ICB, as you said, has been around for you know over a decade, nearly 20 years representing those bookkeepers. Now in a practical sense, um, how does a small business like a, a bookkeeper who is a member of ICB, what do they get out of being part of an association?
1: Yeah, we we feel that we nail that really well, um, and our members tell us that as well. Um, the The ability to to network with us is is uh, second to none. We have uh, over eighty network groups spread across Australia that meet as a community and discuss all the matters that uh, we raise on a daily basis through our communication channels. And we have a number of communication channels that are. Going to our members around compliance, around what's happening in, in not just the small business space, but the economy of, of, of Australia as a whole, um, all the things that influence households, all the things that influence farms, whatever it may be, um, and, and that network we see in action every day, and it's unbelievable. I, I can't. It almost sounds um, melodramatic, but it is unbelievable what we see. So it's one
0: to many. It's that opportunity to educate your members about what you're doing. Um, Do they similarly get the educational benefits as well? you obviously run courses and keep their CPD credits up.
1: We do. So we ensure that there's never a dull moment for our members. Um, It's always
0: something to learn as a bookkeeper. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So we, we run Uh, technical webinars, at least on average one a week. We have other communication channels like we've got a couple of podcasts that we run that are constantly educating our community around what they need to be across, what are the key moments in something that's just been announced by government or is on the front page of all the financial review papers or whatever. Um, Our commentary becomes what we call our ICB speak becomes I guess you could say gospel to most of our members. Mm. They will hang on the fact that they might have read something on the front page of the Australian Financial Review and gone not quite cross what that is. What what are ICB saying about this? Mm. They go and hear it. They might hear it in the podcast. They might read it in our monthly newsletter. They may see it on one of our webinars and suddenly that embeds an understanding of whatever that legislation is, that compliance, whatever it might be. Yeah, so
0: you take the government speak, you turn it into bookkeeper Correct. speak or ICB speak and then you turn it into bookkeeper speak and then in turn those bookkeepers turn it into small business speak and that's just such a critical part of that information pathway, isn't they, it?
1: They have to, Alexi. They've got no choice because if they go to... Uh, A a hairdressing salon the next morning, or to a a farmer, or to a manufacturing plant who perhaps has even got a communication sent out from the ATO or from their work trying to explain something. I can guarantee you that nine times out of ten, that business owner will turn to the bookkeeper and go, I got this in the mail yesterday, I received it in an email, I got no idea what they're on about. Can Mm -hmm. you? Can you tell me what this is? Yes. What what, what is this all about? What do I need to do? And
0: that's the criticality of bookkeepers because they are that bridge of knowledge between what the government is doing, whether it's poor or good policy, and then what the small business owner needs to know, but also what they need to implement. What's the practical (laughs) part of what the government is expecting?
1: Alexi, can I give you one absolute tangible on that one, and that is JobKeeper. There is absolutely no issue in my mind. There's going to be some that are going to roll their eyes at this, but it is fact, it is the truth, it is the bookkeepers of Australia that rolled out JobKeeper across Australia. A million percent. No issue at all. Yeah. Uh, when everybody else was fumbling around and just completely bamboozled within days of the announcement of JobKeeper, we were all over it like a rash, and everybody knew it.
0: And that was a that was, to my understanding, the biggest piece of legislation to affect small businesses and their and their tax or, or their tax system since the GST, oh, and hands it was down. rolled out in a matter of weeks. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, it it astounds me when I think back at what was done and achieved in that short period of time. GST, you're right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sadly been around, the, <laughs> d- done the yards, Alexi, and uh, GST took us, you know, 12, 18 months, two years at least you know, and beyond to unpack.
0: And you guys were at that coalface because ICB was representing both the bookkeeping community and small businesses in, if I recall, state-based discussions around uh, support measures. Um, You were probably speaking to the ATO multiple times a day on how this would work. But importantly, not only talking to the regulators and the bureaucrats, but also speaking with politicians to help them understand where the benefits were and giving each of those different perspectives for the different segments of the small business community too. But also you would work with software companies because inherently we now rely on them quite heavily to, to implement practical change. And you were working with them as well to help roll it out. And I guess it's that connective tissue that ICB and other organizations like that provide the government between them and what they're thinking of doing and small businesses. Am I right in making those assumptions?
1: You couldn't have been more right and I think you've just nailed it. We're, we are almost that conduit between what is coming out of government, what is coming out of agencies and the DSPs, the, the service providers, the software providers you're talking about. We are that, we're almost that intermediary that keeps the thing connected mm-hmm. and you're right, both um in, in their wisdom both at different times through JobKeeper and then I mentioned Single Touch Payroll Phase 2 have re- realised that and have understood the power in what we can provide through that voice.
0: Indeed, and um, that's one of the things that I'd like this program um, as we continue to roll out is advocating for those associations to be funded to yes. do the, the government's job for it because in a lot of ways you are the marketing and comms arm of the government for these quite complex areas of policy. I would challenge anybody to read a piece of legislation and understand even a sentence, and it's that conduit you describe. It's that translator between what they're trying to achieve and what it will mean to small businesses. And it goes back up the chain, doesn't it? Sometimes you can cut them off at the pass. Good policy means good co-design. And having people like ICB in the room could go, ah, that's a bit crappy. How about we tweak it a little bit because this is what the small business owner is going to be thinking when they see that.
1: The ATO will probably never understand this or know this, uh, Alexi, but uh, for probably the last 15 or 20 years when compliance comes around, um, I have a training centre in Bunbury in Western Australia and every time a piece of legislation comes out, a compliance piece that small businesses are heavily impacted by, I take that information and I run a seminar in Bunbury, Western Australia that probably a lot of people don't even know where that is and immediately they go, ah, I get it now. I totally get it now. And that's what the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers is. That That's really the essence of it. We want um, the community of Australia that we work with to be able to go, ah, oh, I get it now. I totally get it now. Because in the main, as much as politicians might like to think it, they do, they don't actually unpack it very well at all at times. That's right. And, and that's it, the truth.
0: And it is their role, but they, they can't be everything to everyone. They Correct. can't possibly understand how Absolutely. every single business owner
1: is thinking. yeah. I marvel at the fact that uh, um, politicians have got the breadth to be able to even do what they do, mm. but the reality is they need to lean on people and organisations and I'd strongly recommend that we're one of those.
0: Absolutely. So, my last question really is just about um, how do we encourage more small businesses to be actively involved? in their association, you mentioned the benefits of having the education, the networking, the the voice to government. Uh, why is it important that a small business owner who's out there thinking, oh, I really should join someone um, but I don't know where to start, what can they get out of it as well as, as those other things?
1: Yeah, look, from a small business owner's perspective, obviously our number one goal is to suggest strongly that um, um, work alongside your local bookkeeper. Work, work with them because that's what they want to do. They want to work with you. So connect with a bookkeeper and effectively then you are connecting with an association like the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, especially if they are an ICB member, of course. Um, but there are a number of avenues that, that small business owners can connect with us um, and www.icb.org.au can uh, uh, give revelation on that. Um, and. Once you do that, once a small business owner gets that connection, they will understand the the power of what we can provide for Mm -hmm. them and that voice.
0: And also the power of what their professional association or their industry association might be able to do. And you've highlighted a couple of things that what they should expect. Um, from those groups they should expect good networking they yep. should expect education yep. continued education <laughs> correct but also um, there are nuances in each industry trends if I think of hospitality for instance yep. and, and the discussion the, the ongoing discussion around energy and electricity and transitioning off gas that's yep. a huge discussion point so yep. you get in there with your peers and you have that similar discussion and you might get some ideas about equipment or transition ideas and that's the sort of power that that speaking with your peers they're not your competitors. They're they're your peers that can that can really assist you with making business decisions.
1: Spot on, absolutely. Another one, if I can throw it into the mix right now, is that there's probably not a small business owner in Australia right now not scratching their head, going, "What's this AI thing? What's what, what, what? I'm hearing it more and more. I'm reading it in the paper. You know, you only have to pick up your local paper. I was in New Zealand last week, and a local newspaper that probably no one's ever heard of. The Waikato News, 30 pages, I think eight pages had articles about artificial intelligence. Whoa. And so that's what the small business owner is being put in front of them and they're going, Well, what does this mean? What is this all about? So again, that's that's part of um, you know, our course is to go, this is what it really means. Understand there's some good, there's some bad and there's some ugly about this and this is what it practically means. And There's things you can harness and do, but... We can unpack that for you and make you understand where it sits.
0: And that's where the golden value of an advisor really is. Um, Look, I just want to thank you, Rob, for joining us today. We've had a really fascinating discussion about advocates and uh, the organisations in which they sit and how they operate into the machine of government, which is absolutely critical to try and get that small business voice right. Thanks for all the work that ICB does. Where can people find out more about ICB? Tell us that website again.
1: www.icb.org.au. And I'll put another plug, great, uh, unbelievably good podcast you've got here, Alexi. We've got one called the ICB News Channel. Uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and it is all about business owners and uh, small business uh, tapping into the power of uh, what your local bookkeeper can do for you. So. Absolutely
0: fantastic. Thanks once again for joining us, Rob. Make sure you tune into to Apple Podcasts to get uh, all of your Small Biz Matters content. There's over 200 episodes in the back catalogue and we'll be unpacking people, purpose and policy even more in the coming weeks. Thanks again for joining us, Rob. So next week on the show, we welcome Bjorn Jarvis, who's the Head of Labor Statistics for the Australian Bureau of Statistics, to chat about how the powerful data that they produce is used by economists throughout government, but how small businesses can utilize the data to power their own economic prosperity. There's some great data out there that you might not be aware of. And we're gonna to talk to Bjorn about how it can help to grow your business into new markets, understand your clients better, or perhaps understand what changes that you need to make that are coming down the pipeline as well. I'm really looking forward to that chat next week. I'd like to thank everybody for joining Small Biz Matters this week. And don't forget, you can subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts and listen to us on Triple H One. 100.1 FM every Tuesday at 9am. See you all next week.